for your presence this morning. We know it was 2,000 years ago that the Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. They were all with one accord in one place. They were waiting for the promise that you had given. Then suddenly, there was the sound of a rushing mighty wind. And the Spirit of God came in. The Spirit of the living God came and sat upon each one of them. There were tongues of fire upon all of them. And they all began to speak with other tongues as the Holy Spirit gave them utterance. This was the day that was the game changer for the church of God. So Lord, we rejoice this morning and thank you for every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of Lights. The greatest gift we've ever received is the gift of the Holy Spirit, our friend, our comforter, our helper, the paracletos, the one called alongside to help us in life, the one who whispers in our ear, the one who checks us when we we don't have peace about something. Everything looks good, but something just says inside of me, that ain't right. Something ain't right. God, we thank you for the power of the Holy Ghost in our lives. We should have victory in every area at his leading and at his guiding. Lord, may we have ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church, what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us right now in our day, in our time, and what you have planned for us, Lord God. Hallelujah. We give you praise. 
We give you honor. We give you glory. Bless your name, Lord. We thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you. Lift up your hand right where you are and just give God a wave offering. Just give him a wave offering. Say, here I am, Lord. I'm here to worship you. I'm here to bow down. I'm here to say that you are my God. Hallelujah. 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 Holy Spirit, have your way in this place today. Father, we ask you to move. We ask you to speak. We ask you to give us a heart that's tender toward you so that we can hear your voice, that we can obey. And if we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. So, God, we declare blessing on every member today. We declare open doors of favor and increase. That, Lord, you're causing us to prosper. And everything we touch prospers because we meditate day and night in your word, Lord God. We're focused on fruitfulness this year. We're focused on pleasing you with our lives this year, God. We're giving ourselves in a measure we've never given before. So, Lord, we're expecting results we've never seen before. We love you this morning. We praise you and we thank you for every good thing. We're in expectation of all the good things you have prepared for us in life. We receive it now. I just feel like every person ought to turn to the person next to you, put your hand on their shoulder, look them in the eye and say, do you know Jesus loves you today? Now come on, the person on the other side, tell him, do you know Jesus? He really loves you today. He really, really loves you today. Hallelujah. Oh, if the love of God could just be manifest in us. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you. We honor you. In this anointing and in this presence, we declare you are God and there is no other. There's nobody like you. Hallelujah. Nobody like you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Come on and shout amen. Hallelujah. Come on and turn and greet. As many people as you can in the next couple minutes or so, find somebody you don't know and say good morning and welcome to Acceleration Church. I know y'all, but good morning and welcome to Acceleration. (laughs) Welcome to Acceleration. Welcome. You know Jesus loves you. You You know Jesus really loves you. He really loves you, Pastor Robert. He's got a special love. Well, good morning and welcome. Amen. How's everybody this morning? Y'all wake up. I'm going to ask you again. How's everybody this morning? (laughs) Good. Welcome. So glad everybody's here today. Welcome to Acceleration Church. So glad everybody came to worship today. You know, we realized you had a choice about where you'd worship, and we believe the Spirit of God sent you here today. If you're here for the very first time, Acceleration, come on, let's welcome our first-time guest today. We're so glad that you chose to worship with us today. So very glad, amen, that that he brought you here. And if he brought you here, we believe that he brought you here for a purpose, amen, and that he has something special in mind just for you today. And so if there's anything we can do to help you, anything that that you need, you just let one of us know. We're all like one big family here. We'll we'll do whatever we can to help you out. And so you're wearing a VIP sticker today because you're very important to God and you're very important to us. So you are our VIP guest today. And once again, we say welcome. Did everyone receive a welcome packet when you came in? If you did not receive one, would you raise your hand at this time and the ushers will come and assist you with a welcome packet. If you don't have a pen, raise your hand also and the ushers will come and bring you a pen so that you can follow along with the sermon this morning. You're going to want to fill in the blanks. That's why you have a a clipboard on your seat because you're going to want to open up your note sheet, your welcome packet. It's the sermon notes for this morning. So you'll know what you learned when you leave. I think it's important that we get taught the word of God, that we don't receive it into our emotions. 
Amen. But that we receive it planted, well, you know, uh, uh, well planted in the soil of our hearts. Amen. In our spirit so that we can bear fruit. The Bible says some 30, some 60, and some 100 fold. Why can't we just release our faith for a 100 fold return today? Before we ever hear it, we just declare a 100 fold return. I ain't playing this year. This is a year of fruitfulness. I am not playing. This is going to be a year like no other. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, if you would, you're here for the first time. Would you please fill out our, your connection card that you find in your welcome packet? Fill it out. Make sure you print it. Make sure you include your cell phone number so I can give you a call and let you know um, uh, what your next steps are in Christ. And uh, just hold on to it till the end of service, and we'll give you more information about what to do with it. Just set it to the side after you've filled it out. And then also there is an offering envelope. Just set that to the side. We receive our offering at the end of the service. And so um, just set that to the side. Amen. If you do not have the Acceleration Church app, let me tell you, you need to get the Acceleration Church app. Just go to the App Store, Google Play. It's absolutely free. All of the sermons that we preach are on there for free, 24-7. You can put them on, listen to them while you're at work, while you're, if they allow you to do that. Don't go to work and listen to the Word if you're supposed to be listening to something else. Come on, y'all. Sometimes we just got to use good sense. All right. So, but you can use it anytime. You can listen to the word. There's a, there's a, an audio Bible on there that you can listen to the word and it's real cool. It's kind of like a drama. Um, also what else do we have on there? The sermon notes are on there. Um, you can give through the acceleration church app. You can register for baptism on the acceleration church app, which is my next thing I want to talk to you about next Sunday is father's day. Amen. And so it's important that we honor our fathers in the earth, our natural fathers. But how do you know our eternal father is the father who's adopted us into his kingdom and has made us children and heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And so next Sunday, bring dad to church or y'all come here first and honor your father God before you go honor your natural father. Amen. And, uh, and not only that, but, but we had already scheduled it before. I realized it was Father's Day, but it'll also be our day of baptism. We are doing baptisms on that day. So what we need you to do, if you have not been baptized, you're like, Pastor Sally, why do I need to be baptized? What's that all about anyway? It is, baptism is like your wedding ring with Christ. Being baptized does not make you saved. Right. How many of you know the thief on the cross believed in Jesus and told him right there on the cross? He didn't get down to get baptized. But Jesus said, surely today you'll be with me in paradise. So if you haven't been baptized, it doesn't mean you're not going to heaven. But why wouldn't you want to show the world what's happened on the inside of you? When you go under the water, it's a picture of Christ's death and burial. And then when you come up from the water, it's a picture of Christ's resurrection into a new life. And it's a picture of of us being resurrected to a brand new life. So we want to get your all-in t-shirt made. And so um, we need to know your size for your t-shirt because you want to get baptized in your all-in t-shirt. That's what being baptized is all about. It's saying, I'm all in. Anybody ever seen World Poker Tour? Where they pay, where they, 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 uh, what's it called? Texas Hold'em? And they go all, I'm all in. That's when there ain't no turning back. Either you got the cards or you don't. So it's, this is like being all in with Jesus. I'm not holding anything back. I did it at the age of 31. I knelt down in my closet, threw my hands in the air and said, God, I'm through running. That was 25 years ago this month that I gave my heart and my life to Jesus Christ and he's been able to use it ever since. Amen. So you want to go all in. Say that with me. All in. in. So if you have not been baptized, go on the the, um, Acceleration Church app, fill out the baptism um, um, registration. We'll see it. We'll get with you and let you know what you need to do. You're just going to wear some dark colored shorts with your shirt that we'll have here for you, your all in t-shirt. 
and then we will um, get you baptized. After service, right immediately after service, we're going to go out into the little yard right next door, and we're going to get baptized right out there. My husband Murray is getting baptized. <laughs> so excited about that. And Yuri is getting baptized. Um, who else was signed up for baptism? Evelyn, weren't you signed up for baptism? And your girls? Yes. Who else? Jenna. Jenna's signed up for baptism. Who? Uh, Janae is getting baptized, the little princess over there. All right, so if you have not been baptized, this is, this is your opportunity to do that and show forth that, that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. Amen? All right, then on the following, following Sunday is June 23rd. Right before that, on the 19th, is Juneteenth. So this is our day to celebrate Juneteenth. Amen? I know it's like a couple of days after, but we're going to have just a wonderful day after service next, not next Sunday, but Sunday the 23rd with barbecue, um, what else? Potato salad, baked beans, rolls. What else, y'all? Mac and cheese. So what we need you to do is to sign up with Miss Toby. Miss Toby, would you stand up and wave so everybody knows who you are? This is Miss... Well, not everybody. We have guests today. So you want to sign up with Miss Toby and um, to let her know what you're going to bring because we're all bringing something to make this barbecue dinner happen. Amen? So it's our celebration. We'll have fun stuff for the kids, um, maybe a little swimming pool and one of those little thingies, slides that's a moonwalk kind of thing, just some fun stuff for the kids. So it'll be, it'll be a great day and a good day of fellowship, okay? All right. Um, so don't forget to sign up with Miss Toby for what you're going to bring. All right. Are y'all ready for the word this morning? I'm so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> All right. We're going to honor the written word right now. Hold your, your note sheet up in the air. This is how we honor. We're just honoring the fact that the word is about to penetrate our spirits. The seed of the word of God is about to go in. And this is the year of fruitfulness. Amen. So we're declaring this, this word is going to bear fruit in our lives. I'm going to do it whether I like it or not. If I got to bite my tongue, swallow the blood, I am going to do this word this year. No matter what it takes, I'm doing the word. Because why? I want the results of the word in my life. All right, say this with me. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to hear and apply His Word. I'm about to know better so that I may do better, have better, and be better. I am becoming everything God has destined me to be. I am becoming everything the devil fears I'll be. I'm becoming everything, every hater ever said I couldn't be. So after today, I will never be the same in Jesus name. Amen. Come on, slap three people high five and say it's time for a new season, new season, baby. All right. Open up your note sheets and let's get started in the word this morning. Praise God. Like I said, this is 2019. We've declared from the beginning of the year that this is our year of fruitfulness. This is a year where we are going to another level. We're paying special attention to our lives in areas where we can improve, areas where God can use us, areas where we're not necessarily doing the word, but we need, you might be bearing fruit in a whole nother area, but there might be one area that's barren in your life. So we rejoice over the fruit that we're bearing, but if there's an area where, you know, there's something you need to overcome so that you've got to give that to God, you've got to give that to him. So, so that you can rest and God can, can, can grow in you full-grown fruit in that area. Amen. There's some, some things that I still struggle with. Even though I'm a woman of God, even though I'm a minister of God, I mean, you know, he uses broken vessels. But he doesn't mean for you to stay broken. 
And so he's been showing me an area where I'm broken. It, it has to do with self, self-esteem and, and rejection. <laughs> no wonder, you know, there's been a lot of things I've gone through that would, would cause that kind of thing to crop up in my heart and in my life. So, I mean, he is actively working with me every day to overcome habits and things and thought patterns that I've had for years because of the way my father treated me, because of my husband leaving me after 17 years of marriage, um, because of abuse that I encountered in another marriage. It has, it, there, has, there has been some things that have caused me to not think well of myself and to be terrified that someone's going to leave me. Just being real. Too real for you this morning? Too real? Come on, let me throw back the curtain so you can see how God is working on me. Yes, me. And I'm your leader. I'm your pastor. But I got to grow out of these, these, these dysfunctions. And so as he talks to me daily, I'm determined to bear fruit in another area. I'm determined for it to give birth to a new season in my life. Amen. A season where I'm at peace. A season where I'm at rest. Where I'm not wrestling that thing anymore. Amen. God wants you to get to a season of rest. Amen. All right, so let's look at a new season. Let's review just a little bit from last week. A new season, Ecclesiastes 3.1 says, To everything, to how many things? To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. We know that in the earth there are seasons. As As the earth moves around the sun, the sun stays still, but the earth moves around the whole galaxy, the whole solar system moves around the sun. You know, we have, we have winter, you know, where things die, Think, things, um, things go into hibernation, there's no, no fruit being born, amen? And then we go through fall where things start to fall off, and, you know, that, that's a good season in your life when some things begin to fall off. And, and there are some things that need to die on our lives, amen? And then there's always spring that comes back around. After fall and, winter, fall and winter, spring always comes and things are able to live again. Things are able to live again. Things that you never thought could live can live again. And then, of course, there's the summer months, which we are in right now. Hallelujah. <laughs> in Houston, it gets mighty warm. Praise the Lord. Well, in summer, summer is the peak time for growth. There's more sun. The days are longer, so there's more exposure to the sun so that things get an accelerated time of growth. doesn't happen at any other time of the year than at summer. And so I have declared that through this summer will be a season of growth for us in Jesus' name. For us personally, that this will be a summer where we apply the word and we grow more individually than we've ever grown before. But I'm declaring some things over our church, that our church is going to grow in areas. Um, we're going to grow numerically. We are growing spiritually. We are growing up into the body of Christ, his hands extended. We have our ministry classes that will be coming up. How many more classes do we have over here in leadership? We have six more left. We have six classes. So within six weeks, we're going to start ministry development. For those who have all gone through leadership development, firm foundation and leadership development, I want you in. Every leader that I have, I want you in ministry development so you understand what we're doing as ministers. So we are set to grow right through the summer. Many churches scale back during the summer. Not acceleration. (laughs) We're not scaling back, but we're pushing forward. Amen? Hallelujah. So we're releasing our faith for for numerical growth and for spiritual growth, that we step up to a level of ministry. God gave you a pastor to equip you 
for the work of the ministry. You need to know how to get somebody saved. You need to know how to get somebody filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to baptize people in the swimming pool at the apartment complex. You, as soon as you get them saved, as soon as you know how to get them saved, you baptize them. Amen. Y'all don't look at me like that. That's what the Bible says. I'm to equip you for the work in the ministry. Amen. I'm not supposed to do it all. Pastor Robert's not supposed to. Pastor Carolyn, we're we're supposed to raise y'all up. That's why we're here. To raise you up so you can do the work of the ministry. Praise God. So let's look at number one here. God will do a new thing in your life. He will do a new thing. He says he is, he is God. He does not change. He does not change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he will do a new thing. He always has done a new thing. He always has done things that would just blow your mind. You know what, what's coming to mind right now is Moses. How during the, this, this season where it was, you know, prophesied that there would be a deliverer raised up among the Hebrew people, you know, the Pharaoh decided that, that he would kill all the, all the male children to be sure that this didn't, didn't happen. But look at God, how God just allowed this baby that was chosen to float down the river and land right on Pharaoh's doorstep. And his sister took him, took him in, and he was raised up right, bouncing on Pharaoh's knee. The very deliverer he was worried about. They fed all those babies to the crocodiles. And the very one he was trying to get grew up in his own house. Ha! Now, isn't God something? Isn't he something? He says, I will work, and who shall hinder or reverse it? This very scripture that we're about to read, when you read that over in the Amplified Version, he says, I will work, and who will hinder or reverse it? you got to know nobody. Nobody can hinder or reverse what God wants to do. Isaiah forty-three nineteen. He said, Behold, I'll do a what? A new thing. Now shall it spring forth. Um, shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. So God will do, he'll go to any length. I'll do something that's never been done before so that you can have this new thing that I want you to do in your life. Ecclesiastes 3.1 says there's an opportune time to do things, a right time for everything on the earth. So from creation to Exodus, there's roughly 2,000 years. And then from from the Exodus to Jesus Christ, there's another 2,000 years. So there, there was a... a a season after 2,000 years. So 2,000 years from, from uh, Adam and Eve to Moses and them and Moses writing the law. Everybody understand that? Where the children of Israel were in bondage, you know, and they came out. God delivered them with a mighty hand. They went through the Red Sea. So 2,000 years from there to there. And then from there all the way to Jesus Christ was another 2,000 years. So at this place right here from, from Adam to Moses, this is where God instituted the law. The law of Moses and the Hebrew people, the Jews, were all about doing religiously everything that the law said to do. But it became routine. It became just something that they did. Their heart wasn't involved in it. God had a better plan. He had a plan to do a new thing and to bring a new season. And so Jesus came. When Jesus got here 2,000 years later, say 2,000 years, 2,000 years later Jesus got here. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. But before that, he began to let people know there's a new season here. And this new season is not a season of doing religious things over and over and over with not much going on in your heart. But this is a new season of grace where I'm going to do it for you and you're going to believe me and you're going to live by faith. You're going to receive my grace. It's something that you rest in. 
something believing that he's already done it. So it's a brand new thing that he's done. This dispensation has been going on. That's where the dispensation of the church began. And so look at number one. Jesus introduced us to a new season of grace. That's number one. Write that down. A new season of grace. So do you see how, 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 how God will do something for a season, but then God has changed now and he's doing something else. Amen. He's the same. He does not change. But all through the Old Testament, all through the law, all everything, in the, it all points to Jesus and that he would come. He had them to do that so that whenever he came along, they'd go, wow, this sounds an awful lot. Like, hold on. It was Jesus all the way through the Old Testament. So it's a new thing. He decided that he would do a new thing. So here, Jesus is here. The Pharisees and John's disciples are fasting. So everybody sees that John's disciples, John, John the Baptist, who baptized people in the River Jordan, they, they, were the, they had the ministry of the day. They were the TD, he was the T.D. Jakes of his day. And so that's what they were doing. So everybody was watching what they were doing, that, that, that John and his disciples were fasting. The Pharisees, the religious ones, they were fasting. You know, according to the law of Moses, they were fasting. Okay? But they came to Jesus, and here's Jesus. He's hanging out with the tax collectors and the sinners, and he's having dinner with, with him and with, with all of his disciples. And they're like, what's going on with you? John and his disciples are fasting. The Pharisees are fasting. But y'all are here eating. What a picture. Not that we shouldn't fast from time to time. We really want to hear God. Yeah, that puts your flesh under so your spirit can rise up. But, but, but God was saying, look, this is what grace looks like. I'm going to do it for you. And I want you to rest in it. Amen. All right. So he's, he was saying, I'm the one true sacrifice. And so number two, a new and proper mindset is critical for a new season. A new mindset. You have to have a new mindset. Everything they had been taught was changing. So they had to op- adopt this new thinking of grace. Not religious dead works, but a real relationship with a real Savior. How many of you know God is alive? He is alive. So this was breakthrough. It was a personal relationship for every believer. And that's what God wants. He wants your heart. He doesn't want your religious activity. He wants your heart. He wants you to love him. He wants you to want him. He wants you to want him more and put him in the right place in your life. He said, you know, abide in me. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you'll ask what you will. You'll bear much fruit. And by this, my father's glorified when you bear much fruit. He wants us to live in him with every molecule of our being. Give it all to him. Amen. So it's a new mindset. We have to adopt it. We have to decide that's what we're going to do. And so here was Jesus um, response to them that were coming to him and saying, you know, what are you doing? Why, are, why aren't y'all fasting? Look what Jesus said. He says, no one puts new wine into old wineskins or else the new wine bursts the wineskins and the wine is spilled and the wineskins are ruined. But the new, mi- new wine must be put into new wineskins. So this new anointing, this new thing, this new season, you got to keep your mind moving with God with it. Amen? Don't get stale and stuck because an old wineskin is brittle and breakable. So you don't want to be brittle and breakable and, and, and spill out the anointing that he's put on you for this season. Don't lose it by not being pliable with God and go in the direction that he's got you going in this day and in this age. Amen. So don't let the anointing spill and be lost because of old thinking. So they had to let go of tradition, 
old thing and to accept the new and amazing season. So we got to let go of our old mindsets about ourselves. And remember, I am not my own. I've been bought with a price. He paid for all of me. Spirit, soul, body. I owe it to him to give it all back to him. Amen. So it's a new mindset. I have to choose. God, mold my mind. Make my mind over so that, so that I can be pliable in your hands and I can accept this new wine, this new season, this new thing you want to do in this year, 2019. Amen. So Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind. So I, as I renew my mind, transformation takes place. A real transformation in my life can take place. So Jesus brought the season of the church. So let's look at number two. We're going so fast this morning. We'll get out of here early. Number two, we're marked for this season. We are marked for this season. Put that very next slide up. Look here. I want you to see this. From creation, uh, go ahead, put the whole thing up, to Moses, 2,000 years. From Jesus and the church to you and me, it's been 2,000 years. So look, that's what? How many years is that so far? 6,000 years, and my Bible says on the seventh day, God rested. We are so close. We are so close. And we are chosen and marked for this very season. 2,000 years. Things aren't accidents with God. This is the year 2019. We're We're 19 years of gravy. We're 19 years over the mark of the... 2,000, 2,000, and 2,000 years. And then the, the, the seventh, or the 7,000, or the, you know, that next thousand years is uh, the millennial reign with Christ. So the rapture of the church is very, very soon. It's very soon. According to his word, it's very, very soon. So I really get excited when I think about the fact that God picked me. And he picked you. He picked Acceleration Church for this day and for this age. I'm so glad he chose us to live and not in the dark ages. Amen. I like running water and toilets and and, uh, electricity and air conditioning and and a car. You put gas in and get from here to there and you don't have to plan three months to go to mid-Houston. Come on. Amen. I like that he chose for us to live in this generation where we have cell phones, we have uh, social media, we have ways to reach out to the lost that Paul and them would have loved to have. Amen. He picked us. He marked us for this time. The, The dispensation of the church was from when Jesus died and rose. He said, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So that's who you and I are. We're the ones to carry the message to the next generation if there gets to be one. But we we got to be faithful with the word of God. But he picked you. He he chose you. Put your hand on your heart. Your heart beats. You are here on this earth because God chose you. You didn't choose him, but he chose you and anointed you and appointed you and scheduled you in the earth at this time for for this season and for this time. First Peter So whatever this year holds, 2019, we're the ones God placed here to bring his will to pass. We're not here to just breathe up air. We're not here to just huddle huddle together and not ever do anything. But we're here to let people know of the night and day difference he's made in our lives. He brought us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Amen. Look at 1 Peter 2, 9. It says, but you are a what? Help me preach. 
You're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now, but are now the people of God, who had, uh, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Hallelujah. John 15, 16, you didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you and scheduled you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Now look at that. That kind of gives us our, our purpose in a nutshell right there. You're here, you're here to ask. You're here to use your mouth, your creator, to, to ask God. He said, ask and it shall be given. Knock and the door will be opened. Seek and you will find. He puts you here to seek, to find, to knock, to ask, and to bring his will to pass in the earth. So he says if his word abides in you and you abide in him, he says you'll ask what you will and it shall be done. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. So you're here not to just breathe up air, but you're here to, to bombard heaven. You're here to go boldly before the throne of grace and find help and, 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 and grace in our time of need. Amen. To find mercy for this nation, mercy for this world, mercy for the people who are dying and going to hell. He wants us to go and pray for laborers to go out into the harvest field. It's important that we go out and lay hands on the sick and show them that we have a healing God. That he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that he loves them. We are the carriers. We are the ones who carry the love of God. We're salt and we are light. Amen. Chosen. We're chosen. This is our season to ask God to heal our land. To serve him. You know, I posted on Facebook this week. God said that we're chosen to to proclaim and not complain. See, the children of Israel kept going around that same mountain. They kept going around the same mountain over and over. What, what did they keep doing? Complaining. Complaining will keep you going like this. But when you start proclaiming, that's when you start taking territory. That's when you start moving forward. So you're not here to complain, but you're here to proclaim. Amen. So if you've been complaining, you've got to start a new habit. It takes about 21 days to change a habit. You've been complaining. You've been talking negative. You've got to decide, that's not God. That's not my part of my purpose. That's a, that's a dead work. That is a work of the flesh, and that is not a, a, a fruit of the Spirit. So I'm going to change that. Every time you think about being negative, tell your family to hold you, hold you accountable. Amen? You've got to pay a dollar every time you complain. Have a complaint jar. Put a dollar or 50 cents or a quarter or whatever. But every time you complain, you ought to have to pay for it. Amen. And then change that into a proclamation. You know, you're about to complain because it's hot in here. It's hot in here. We know it's hot in here. This air conditioner on this side is working good over there. But this air conditioner on this side was blowing hot today. And that's because we feel like the two... Are, are connected, and I'll explain it in a minute. But, but um, well, you're about to complain because it's hot in here. Turn, turn it around. Instead of saying it's hot in here, say, I declare air conditioning in this place in Jesus' name. I declare I get so cold in here, I never have to bring a blanket next week. Come on, you create things with your mouth. So when you feel like complaining, shut your mouth and turn it into something. Change it as it's about to come out wrong. Change it around and turn it into power. Amen. Death and life is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You don't want to be hot next week? Then start talking about the air conditioner and being strong and working good. Amen? Hallelujah. Esther 4.14. 
Esther had been called to the, you know, it's just so funny. We think, you know, Esther's all about her winning the beauty pageant. It's about so much more than that because God knew what was going to happen, that the people of God were going to be exterminated. That's why he raised up a Jewish orphan girl to sit on the throne. And when the decree had gone out, hey, she's just just a queen. She's not even thinking about it. But Mordecai sent word and said, if you sit here and do nothing, God's going to raise up help from somebody else. But who knows, maybe you were brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. We were brought into the kingdom. We rule and reign for such a time as this. you got to see yourself seated in the heavenly places with Christ. I'm not here to just breathe up air, amen, but I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. God is waiting on me to speak it so he can send angels to bring it to pass, amen, because he can't do it unless it's spoken. When God got ready to make the earth, well, how did he do it? Did he come down and mold it? No, he said, let there be light. And there was light. And he spoke and he said, let the firmament be divided from the waters. And, and when he spoke it, the Holy Spirit was brooding over the earth and the Holy Spirit brought it to pass. That same Holy Spirit is still brooding over this, over this earth. He's brooding over you and me. He lives in you and me. And so as we speak things, the Holy Spirit goes into action and begins to bring things from the spirit realm into the natural realm. That's why we're here. We don't come down for the petty stuff. I'm not coming down from my throne with Jesus to, to uh, talk about petty stuff. You're like, Pastor, that's kind of, that's how can you say come down from my throne with Jesus? He's, his word says that he, he has seated us with him together in the heavenly places far above principalities and powers. So don't come down to the strife level. People want to cut up and act stupid. Let them act stupid. Don't come down to their level. This woman honked at me yesterday, and she wanted to fight. And you know how sometimes you can kind of catch hold of the old you that wants to get out of the coffin? You just want to bring the nails out of the coffin and let your dead girl get out and whoop somebody. Yeah, she almost backed into my truck, so I honked the horn to alert her that she was about to mess up both our cars. And so when she got ready to pull out, she looked back over my shoulder. She stopped and looked over her shoulder like what? I said, what? And then I thought, ooh, that's not a good idea. She might want to get out. I know she's got children in the car, so she may not. I'm ready for her, whatever it is. But, but uh, she's, so I went, I'm not coming down off my throne to go to jail. I ain't got time for that. Ain't nobody can say I ain't got time for that. Got time to go to jail. Uh-uh. No, but, you know, every now and then you want to come down off your throne and come down to the, to the strife level. You know, people are acting strifeful in your home. You know, people, you know, not, not acting godly. Don't come down to that level. Rise above it. People try to draw you into their mess and draw you into their drama. Don't take the bait. Hey, I'm up here. I'm here for high flight. I'm here. I got a whole nother level of thinking that I'm on that y'all can't even think about. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. So look what he said to Esther, Esther 4.14. If you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. Now look at there. I don't want somebody else getting my reward. When I go to heaven, I want to hear Jesus say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. It will arise from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. Yet who knows whether you have come to the kingdom 
for such a time as this. I declare you have come for such a time as this. Now, the prophet Elijah was somebody who was called and was um, called to this his generation and to his season in the earth. He was bold. Elijah was bold. He called down fire from heaven. Yet he, the Bible says he was a man with a nature like ours. He was just like me. He had feelings like me. He got emotional like me. He wanted to get out the truck and fight like me. I mean, he had all the all the same nature that that you and I have. Amen. But but um, but the Bible said that he that he prayed that it wouldn't rain. It didn't rain for three years. He prayed that it would would rain and rain, the heavens gave its gave its rain. Um, after that, it came like a gully washer. So the prophet of Elijah was chosen and he was marked. Say marked. You have been marked. You have been marked. And I'm convinced that you are here to call down the fire of God for this generation, this millennial generation. What we do makes a difference. So we're the ones to call down a new season, to wrestle that new season, that latter rain in abundance that's scheduled for the end times, it's not just going to fall. we got to wrestle it down. we got to pull it down and say, God, I thank you for the latter rain in abundance. It's here. It's now. It's in our time. It's in our generation. There's more happening now by the power of the Holy Spirit than's ever happened in any time in the history of the world. God, you're saving more. You're healing more. You're confirming your word with signs following. Thank you, Father God. This is the time I wrestle it out of heaven. I receive the latter rain now for my generation. That's what he's counting on us to do. So look at this. Here's Elijah. He's the man of God, and he's chosen and marked for his generation. See, back then it was only the Holy Spirit would be on a person for a season for a purpose. But see, now when the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, God wanted all of us to have that. The Holy Spirit would come on all of us for our purpose and our season. Look how mighty we are. Come on, look how mighty we are, church. First Kings 17, 1. I think we can find something in this right here. It says, And Elijah the Tishbite of the inhabitants of Gilead said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, in other words, whom I serve, there shall not be dew nor rain these years except at my word. Woo! Y'all, that's powerful right there. So how to live out the marked life. Let's look at it right quick. You can find it all right there in that one little passage of Scripture. You're going to live out the, the marked life, number one. You've got to live like God is alive. We sang He is risen this morning, but do you really live like He's alive? Do you step out in faith and believe that He's got you no matter what, no matter what it is, no matter how big it is? Do you believe He's alive? You, we live like He's alive. Amen. And then number two. You live to serve him and his people. If you're going to live out the marked life, that's why I'm here. I'm marked to serve. My life is not my own, but I'm marked to serve. I'm marked to serve him with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. And he said, do what? Serve others um, and, and love others like you love him. So I'm marked to, to live and to serve him. I'm marked. I'm marked to do great things in faith. We're marked as a church to do mighty things. We're marked as a church to teach, to teach faith in this generation. When I look at how God brought me through the seasons of my life to where I am today, I see how he so carefully was raising me up in faith, 
from the church that he put me in. You ought to be glad God put you in a word church. You ought to be glad God put you in a church to teach you how to use your faith and not just teach you every single week that God loves you. You got to have a whole lot more than just God loves me. Amen. Now, okay, I know he loves me. I know he died for me. Now what? Now what? When I see that my first pastor taught me how to how to eat an elephant one bite at a bite at a time, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm not afraid of any challenge because I know who's with me. But he taught me how to do that. When they gave him a whole mall down at Town and Country Mall, they gave him a whole mall, but he had no way to bring it to the north side so he could build a church and have church in it. He went over there and he said he, he got out of it uh, in his Buick. He went to a y'all look at the picture a man with a crowbar and a, and a blowtorch. He went to a whole mall with a crowbar and a blowtorch and the trunk of a Buick. He said, if I have to take it down one piece at a time, I'm going to make it happen. So as he walked toward the building, got ready to take the first whack at it, a a, a tractor trailer pulls up. He said, hey, are you that preacher that's going to take this, this building down? He said, yes, I am. He said, well, we have a fleet of 18 wheelers that aren't doing anything right now. We'll send them over here and uh, we'll help you tear the roof off. See, that's where the power of God is activated. When you step out on nothing, that's where the favor of God is ignited and where he speaks to somebody to use their power, ability, and influence to help you. That's what I'm talking about, y'all. So I thank God that he put me under a pastor who taught me those kind of things. Even though I was a little Barbie girl who, you know, just didn't, you know, didn't want to get dirty and that kind of thing. He put me under a, a giant slayer. Amen. I didn't like to fight. Now I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to fight. I, I would take the gloves off. I would take my shoes off, my earrings off, and I will fight. I am not afraid anymore. I am not afraid of a faith fight. Amen? I am not afraid because I know in whom I have believed. And then when God put me under Bishop Ivy Hilliard, oh, it's on now. And I've been under his ministry since 2001, 2002, I believe. And he has taught me to live by faith, taught me to use my faith. I know my assignment. It's a wonderful thing when you know your assignment. It is a wonderful day when you, when you understand this is my purpose. This is my assignment to teach faith. I was a very successful woman. I owned my own photography studio. I was making good money, good money. But God called me into the ministry. I couldn't do it anymore. My heart wasn't there. I was successful, but I wasn't satisfied. So I walked in and said, my heart is not here anymore. I've got to sell this place. At that very moment, the phone rang. And it was a young lady who said her aunt wanted to buy my studio. Long story short, 30 days later, she had the keys and I had the money. And I was out of the photography business and I was in full-time ministry. That was back in 2005. Here I still am. Amen. Amen. So... Our assignment is to teach faith. This church is assigned to teach faith, to teach people how to use their faith, because that's what it's all about. Jesus said, let it be done unto you according to your faith. How many times did we read last week or the week before? Your, your faith has saved you. Go your way. Your, your faith has made you whole. Go your way. See, people have got to learn how to use their faith. Woo, praise the Lord. I'm preaching good today. All right, number three, live to take authority by speaking his word. That's what we've seen in just about everything we've talked about this morning, that we're not here just to breathe up air. We're we're here to draw in air and breathe out the word. 
to breathe out what God wants to do, to speak and declare, not complain and contaminate the atmosphere, but to bring fresh fruit into the atmosphere. Amen. John 16, 20. Says, then the disciples went out and preached everywhere. And look what happens when we take authority and we speak in his word. Just like Elijah called down fire from heaven. Come on. The Lord confirms his word with signs following. The disciples went out and preached everywhere. And the Lord worked with them and confirmed his word by the signs that accompanied it. We got to know that when we step out and we speak his word, God's right there with us. And he's going to confirm it with signs. So he confirms his word. And we're marked to teach faith. And it's not, you know, we don't just use our, our, our faith for cars, cribs, clothes, and cash. Amen. And there's been a, there's been a lot of, of prosperity, faith teaching that's going on. There's nothing wrong with having prosperity. He wants you blessed so that you can be a blessing. Amen. But you can't get so focused on all that stuff that you ain't got time for God. Or you don't have time for the people of God. Or you don't have time to pray. You ought to be on our prayer call every single morning. Is it on the back of the note sheet? Yeah, just text XLR8 to 97000 on your phone, and you'll get a link every morning that, that takes you to our prayer call. It's a wonderful way to start the day. I, I lead a prayer call every day unless I have an appointment or something that prevents me from doing it. That's my favorite study time. I have a word for you every morning. Every morning. Miss Jackie, you're on the phone every morning. Is it true? She, she, you live in Baton Rouge, right? She lives in Baton Rouge, but she calls in on the prayer call every morning. Why? I got a word for you every morning. You ought to start your day with the word and that we pray together and we declare the things in our generation. We're calling Roe versus Wade reversed. I don't care who you are. You ought to believe that that is a murdering spirit that's in our country and it needs to be cast out. And I declare that it is a year of jubilee. It's almost been 50 years. We're four years away, 46 years ago that Roe versus Wade was signed into law. I declare that a jubilee is coming within the next four years. It's going to be reversed. We stick our finger in the face of that law every single morning, that murdering spirit, and we call it um, uh, cast out of our country. Amen. If it's going to be cast out, it's up to you and me. We'll have whatsoever we say. It's us. To, it's up to us to do it. Amen. All right. So it's, our, it's up to us to see the will of God come to pass in humble Texas. This is where we're called as a church. These people all around this area, I love this area. This is our demographic. This is our people right here. This is where God has called us to be. I tried to be down there. And it was not right. You go on the other side of 1960, it don't feel the same. On this side of 1960 is glorious. <laughs> Amen. Because this is where we're called. This is where Acceleration Church is called. This is where he opened the doors for us to be in this place miraculously. Amen. I know this is where God, it's a good feeling when you know where you're supposed to be and you're there. So we're called to the work of ministry in this humble area as a church. I'm talking to us as a church now. These people all around. God has raised us up. And listen, Acceleration, those veterans right now who've been here with me for a long time, he kept us. Oh, come on. Y'all ought to rejoice with me right now. He kept us. He kept us through a whole lot of stuff, but he kept us for such a time as this. And he raised us up to do a specific work in this place at this time. I have never been more sure of anything in my life. I'm so excited. Can y'all tell? Genesis 8:22 says, well, let's look at number three, creating a new season. You can create a new season in your life. Genesis 8:22. while the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter, Winter and summer and day and night shall not cease. So farmers, there, as long as there is perpetual sowing, there will be perpetual harvest. And to the degree that you sow is much less than what you get back. Amen. 
<sighs> so I was listening on the radio um, yesterday where the farmers in America are having a rough time right now because of all the flooding that's, that's happened in the, mid, in the middle part of the country and all the storms and everything, the, the soil is soaking. It's, it's not in good condition for them to sow. But they're trying to hurry up and sow anyway because they're behind. And only about a third of what they normally sow at this time has been sown as far as corn. And corn is a major thing that comes out of the United States that goes to China, that goes to Mexico, that goes here. We need our corn. So only to the degree that they sow can we reap. And so that is such a spiritual principle. If a farmer does not put any seed in the ground, he cannot expect a harvest. So this got me thinking about how to create a season of harvest. Got to be a season of sowing. Got to be a season where I sow like I ain't got no sense. Because I believe that there's going to be a harvest that's going to be plentiful. Amen? Because that's what his word says. All right? So, um, so praise God. So words are seed that carry the power of life and death. So we ought to be sowing word seeds because we'll steer our life. I can create a season with my words. Come on, your, your words steer you. You put a, a bit on a horse's mouth and what happens? You can steer a big old horse whatever way you want it to go. Same thing with our lives. You can steer your life. With the words that you speak. Amen. You'll have whatsoever you say. So if you don't like what you're living, start talking to tomorrow. Amen. Amen. All right. So um, we could be expecting harvest where we have not sown. Maybe we haven't sown and we're expecting a harvest that we can't get because we don't have any, anything in the ground. As long as the earth remains, there'll be seed time and harvest. That's a, a spiritual principle as well. So anything that you sow... You'll reap. If you, if you need favor in your life, sow some favor. Well, what kind of favor? Well, what do you have to give? Could you just give your place in line? That's free. Oh, you know how we'll act up over a place in line. Ah, you move over a little bit. Just don't think you're going to get in front of me. But that's something that you can do. You can sow favor. Yeah, like Kenta said, even in traffic. You can just let somebody out. That's favor. Why are we so hateful when we drive? But that's an act of favor that when I need out, I get a harvest of people opening up and letting me out. Whatever a man sows, that shall he also reap. You need kindness in your life. You got somebody who's acting ugly to you at work. You got a, a family member that's acting ugly to you. Sow some kindness. Sow it somewhere else. Strategically, on purpose, as a seed, sow it. Amen? Amen. You know, an oak tree starts with a little acorn. This is a picture of an oak tree that was actually in my grandmother's front yard. It's still there. We climbed in this tree when I was a little girl. Not much because I was afraid of heights. But it's a big old tree. It's a big old tree, but it started. When you think about it, it started with a little acorn. It's a gig- There's two gigantic oak trees in her yard. And my sister, has. Um, ha- she took uh, acorns home from Alexandria, Louisiana, where that tree is in my grandmother's front yard. Of course, they've all gone to heaven and the house has been sold and everything. But, but my sister brought some of those acorns home to Magnolia, Texas, and she planted them in her front yard. And now she's got trees growing in her front yard. They've been growing there for almost 20 years from those, from those acorns. My point is a small little seed can cause a tremendous harvest. Amen. It can become something big. And so, number one, there's tremendous power in the seeds we sow. Tremendous power in an acorn. That acorn has an assignment. 
Come on, if you cut it open and you looked at it, anybody ever cut open an, an, an acorn? I have because I just want to know what it was. Just orange stuff in there, right? But there's something miraculous in there. When you put it in the ground and it's in the right conditions, it begins to break down and die and become something new. Same thing in the spirit realm. When you put your seed in the ground or in the spirit realm, when you sow it, you sow it this way, but it comes up before God, a sweet smelling savor. When you put it in the ground, it breaks open and becomes a harvest, becomes something bigger. My point is, is that oak tree is not only a tree, but it's dropping acorns. When it started as a seed, now it's dropping acorns all over the place. Do y'all see the power of a seed? Amen. John 12, 24, he says, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel, a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. Amen. It's not magic. It's a principle. Stop acting like it's magic and you don't have to do your part. You have to do the hard part of stepping out in faith. Amen. And believe in God for that next level. Luke six thirty eight. what does he say? Give and it will be given to you. Good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom, will be put, or one translation says, shall men give unto you. So God raises up somebody to use their power, ability, and influence to help you. All right? He says, for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. That's why the Bible says God loves a cheerful giver. He's unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in his giving. Why? Because you want it coming back cheerfully. When it's time for, for people to give into, you, into your bosom or to give into your life, you want it coming cheerfully, right? I don't want, I don't want anybody giving, me, giving to me with no skank attitude. Amen. I want some love on it. I want some joy on it. I want you to be glad you get to do it. Amen. <coughs> Write this down. Seeds do not plant themselves. It's an act of your will to sow a seed. But you can produce a new harvest, a new season in your life with the sowing that you do. Farmers rely on seasons to plant. It is the season for planting in the kingdom. Now I want to talk to you real quick, real quick about what I heard. God said there is a flow in this season that you do not want to miss. Now we're called Acceleration Church. And things get a name for a reason because God is doing an accelerated work through this, season, through this summer. Amen. An accelerated work. How many would like to just hit the gas on some of the, the season that you're in right now? You'd like to have some things come accelerated to you. Well, this is a season of acceleration right now. And it's a time to sow. We're building out our new sanctuary. So what I've done is, I'm not sure if you have those pictures ready, but if you can show the one of the wires... Yeah, there, those are some of the wires that I've had taken out next door. See, right between, front, this, this is a door right here. Y'all see this? See how there's a line around it? This is a door. This is a wall that opens all the way up, and inside here is our new sanctuary. Do y'all look around and see that we're almost full in here? <laughs> Praise God. We're almost full. There's only a few chairs left. And you know, you know how we are. We don't like to sit too close to people. We didn't like to put our purse in a chair next to us so nobody can't sit in that chair because I just need some room in my space. So our new sanctuary will be able to seat at least 400. So 
I've been over there. Kenneth has been over there. Yuri's been over there with me every day. And we got looking in the ceiling, and the wiring was atrocious. It was not safe. If I had turned the power on, it's not if there would have been a fire, there would have been a fire. It was when there was a fire. There was even some wires that were in a bucket of water that went to the breaker box. So I'm so glad that we're working over there and we're pulling all the wires out of the ceiling. We're pulling every single wire out. Go to the next one. We're taking everything out. We're taking the ceiling out over the stage so that over the stage it will be like right here. I can almost touch the ceiling. Over there it will be at least twice as high. Um, and uh, we're going to paint it all the dark gray, but it will be really sort of open looking over there. The stage is already, how many, how wide is it? We measured it, Kenneth. What is it, 40 feet? Where's Kenneth? There you are. Wasn't it like 40 feet wide? 40 or 50? It's like 40 feet wide, and then it's like 20 this way, maybe? 15? Huh? Oh, 20, 27 feet? 20? Wow. Wow. It's a huge stage. And uh, with, it would be able to see 400. And then where we're sitting right now, this will be divided and turned into our older children. The children who are from 5 to 12 will be in this room. That room will be babies and infants and toddlers. This room over here will be um, from three, four, from four to five, three, three to five. So we have them separated into proper groups so that infants and toddlers don't get run over by a four-year-old. Amen. So I'm just trying to let you know that we have that we we have plans to move and plans to work, and we're over there working right now. So. Um, we're re, we are, it's hard to say, rewiring. We're rewiring over the next six weeks. So this electrician came and, and talked to me and said, Miss Sally, we need to take all the wire out. And knowing that we don't have the budget for it, I'm like, okay. <laughs> Does that know how faith works? I said, okay. So what do we need to do? So he starts looking around. I said, well, give me a price. So he starts walking around looking at everything, and it's a mess. And he said, normally I'd try, and I'm thinking in my mind, he's going to say $10,000. But I'm not scared. At this point, I'm still not scared. So he says, and, and that's for somebody. Somebody needs to know this morning, it's not going to be as hard as you think. It's not going to be as hard as you think if you can do it in small bites. So he said, Miss Sally, normally I'd charge $9,000 to do this. I almost said okay because that was a thousand off what I was thinking. And he said, but because it's you and because it's the church, I'm going to do it for 4000 which is an unbelievable price. So he's coming in every day, and I told him I'd pay him at the end of every week because I needed to get here to y'all and let y'all know we have an assignment from God to get new wiring over there so it's safe for us. Amen. So what I'm, I'm, I'm asking everybody to sow a seed, but don't let me get ahead of myself. Sunday, August the 18th is our dedication day. I was thinking it was going to be September the 8th, but Kevin's not going to be here. He's going to be on vacation, and we can't do it without Kevin. How can we have a dedication without Kevin? We have to have Kevin here. So we've backed it up to August the 18th, 2019 will be our dedication day, which what? I just backed us up four more weeks. So that means we have like about 70 days. Yeah, we have 70 days to finish the work over there, but that's okay. Um, uh, 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 what's his name? Nehemiah rebuilt the wall in 52 days. He did in 52. We can do this in 70. We got a real good head start. Amen? 
So we, we took everything out of the ceiling over the stage, and Kenneth has been putting. Could you all help me to appreciate Kenneth for all that he's been doing? Did you show his picture? Yeah. So, um, so we're, we're putting insulation up. See the pink up there? We're putting insulation up there so we can just spray all of that gray and it won't be too hot over the stage. So we've still got to buy AC units and get AC units put in over there. So we have a lot to do during this summer. Amen. And it's going to ha- I'm not afraid. I believe that we're called to do this as a church. I believe that we can do this if we stand together. Amen. So I need you to give. I agreed to, play, to pay the man $4,000. That means I'm going to pay him like $650 a week. The number actually turned out to be $666 a week, but I don't like that number. So I told him I'd give him $650 a week. Amen. So $650 a week. That's over and above. Our tithes and offerings just pay for what we have. I'm sacrificing my entire salary so that we can have this place. Amen. So this, this money that we need is over and above what we give with our normal tithes and offerings. But I'm so convinced that we're marked. I'm so convinced that we're called, that we're a chosen generation for this place, for this area, to raise up people. Like we had people in leadership development this morning. We had people in firm foundation this morning getting raised up. That's what we are. We're a place to teach you the fundamental truths of God's word and get you raised up in faith. Amen. So here's what I'm asking everybody to do. I agreed to give the man $4,000, and he quoted it to me without even knowing how. I I mean, I didn't know how. I, I said yes, not knowing how. But God has given me the plan. Amen. God gives you more on your way than he does before you start. (sighs) Y'all missed a really good place right there. He gives you more on your way than he does before you start. So if you'll just get going and say yes, that's when the miracles start to happen. All right. So Mark 4.26, and he said, And the kingdom of God is if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day, and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain in the head. Amen. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. So this week when I was on the prayer call, I said, y'all, listen, we, we need to buy studs because we had to tear down a whole wall that was in there that was already built. Wasn't anything wrong with it. We had to tear it down because it wasn't up to code. It was about a foot too close to the power boxes. I want things to be done right. So we tore down this perfectly good wall, and we're building it back, and we needed the studs. It was going to cost us about $500. So I told everybody on the prayer call, I just need 10 people to give $50. And so... Ten people gave $50. We had plenty enough money to buy the studs, and the studs started going up yesterday. Yes, Kenneth started putting the studs up yesterday. So now, in order to pay for the electrician and the things that we need going in over there, are you all ready for how we're going to do this? We're going to do it together, and we're going to sow, and we're going to release our faith, and look, that's going to rebound a new season back into your life. See, what you sow into is what you're going to get. Amen? You're sowing into an accelerated grace to push forward God's vision. Amen? So um, what does the word say? Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. So I just need 25 people to give $26 a week over and above what you normally give. $26 a week. Or if you can't give 26, give what you can. Or maybe you can give double, maybe you can give $50 a week. Maybe you can give more. 
But I believe we can do it. I believe we can get 25 people. Is it tw- yeah, 25 people to give $26 a week for the next six weeks. We've got six weeks to get this finished, y'all. Six weeks. Can we do it? Yes, yes we can do it. So uh, Galatians 6, 7 says, For whatever man sows, that will he also reap. So um, as you're giving for the need and for the help and for the support uh, of the kingdom, God's going to make that happen in your life. This is a word from God. There's a flow in this season you don't want to miss out on, but you're going to tap into it with your seed. Amen? You know, Murray is not our source. My husband is a very blessed man, and I know he's just going, I know she's going to ask me for money for, for something, but I'm not. I've never asked him for any money. He's just a giver, and he always gives. But you know what? We're called to do this. Amen? All of us. We can't let Murray get all the blessings. So we're called to do this. So I'm asking people to do this, all right? So look on the bottom of your note sheet there. I want you to tear that little piece off. Everybody tear that off right there because I want everybody to participate. Maybe you can't give $26 a week, but maybe you could give 10 a week. Maybe you could give 50 a week. Maybe you could give 30. Maybe you could give 40. Maybe you could give $100 a week more throughout the season over and above your regular tithes and your offerings. Your tithe is the 10% of what you, of what you earn. You give that back to God. Why? It's His. It belongs to him. And then we give offerings over and above. And so our normal tithes and offerings don't rob Peter to pay Paul. This has to be $26 in addition to. It's a stretch. It's a sacrifice. But I believe, I can't wait for the day that we shove that door open and we leave it open. Amen. And we're, we're in a brand new sanctuary where we can grow into. It's not going to take that long to grow. And Murray, Murray has a vision. It was so precious. He came to me and he said, I have a vision from God. I said, what is it? That we have 200 people in the church on one day. I'm like, okay, babe, let's do it. That means I need you to invite people to church on the, on, uh, the 18th. Is it the 18th? Is that what I said? Huh? The 16th? Sunday the 16th of August, yeah, the 16th. Is it the 16th or the 18th? The 18th of August. I thought I I said the 18th of August. Okay, so you want to start inviting people to come because we're going to fill it up. Amen. We'll have at least 200 chairs in there to start. And so we need you, we need you to fill it up. So I want you to fill out your little, your little covenant vow to help with whatever your part is. And uh, in just a moment after we receive our tithes and offerings, I'm going to want you to to bring that forward and put it on the altar. Then I want to anoint you with oil and declare that you are marked for this season. (sighs) This is something from God that he showed me to do, to anoint you with oil. Oil is symbolic of the presence of the Holy Spirit. This is the day of Pentecost. I think God set this whole thing up. Amen. So I want you to write, $26 a month is what God's asking for. That's what we're asking for, not a month, $26 a week. Because i got to pay the electrician every week. I stepped out on faith, y'all. Let God talk to you, amen? Come on, submit to God. If we're willing and obedient, we'll eat the good of the land. So we're stretching. We're stretching for a generation. Come on, we're, we know we're marked, we know we're called, we know we're chosen to minister to people in this place and raise people up in faith. So I want you to get your, get your little paper ready, but um, let's bow our heads real quickly. Father, we thank you for this word that's been sowed in our hearts. We thank you, God, that, that you have spoken to us. And Lord, we declare we have ears to hear and eyes to see what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. And that, God, you're speaking to us to give into this good work so that, Lord, people's lives can be changed. We call forth people from the north, the east, the south, and the west to come 
come and to sit at my feet. Lord God, I'll be able to give them what you have given me. Their lives shall be made glad because, God, you have made my life glad. So I praise you and give you honor and glory for what you're doing in these people, what you're doing through us, what you're doing in this neighborhood, what you're doing in humble Texas. God, you've positioned us here. You've placed us here. And we accept the call. We accept our throne. We accept the the job that you've given us to do. Lord, we know we're not our own, but we belong to you. So, Lord, we gladly give. We gladly stretch. We'll gladly do all we can do to see your will come to pass. Thank you, Father God. We receive it in Jesus' mighty name. So now with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Sally, I'm not right with God. I want to give my heart and my life. I want to get on track. I want to declare like Joshua did, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm turning around. It's like that day that I knelt down in my closet at the age of 31 and I gave my heart and my life to him. I could take you to the very spot on the carpet where I gave my life over to God. You'd say, Pastor Sally, that's what I want to do today. I want to give my life and my heart over to God. I want to, I want to, I want to be all in. Nothing held back. I want to be all in the kingdom of God, all in for all you have for me. I'm going to pray with you. All right? Just a moment. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. If you mean it in your heart, everything's about to change. All right? Let's pray. Say, Father, in Jesus' name, I confess to you that I am a sinner. I have messed up, sometimes on purpose. And sometimes I'm sure I just didn't know. But I'm sorry for my sins. I believe you sent Jesus to die in my place. And he paid the price for my sins by dying on the cross. And I believe that you raised him from the dead on the third day. And he's alive right now. Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I give you everything. Take the wheel. Lead me. Guide me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I'm trusting you alone to save me in Jesus' name. Well, look at me. You prayed that prayer. The little connection card that you filled out earlier just needs you to fill it out completely. And on the back, look, there's a place that says, Yes, I choose Jesus. As the Lord of my life, put a check mark on the back of your card. You say, I'm starting over today. You want to know how to, um, how to grow in your relationship with Christ? Check that block too. You want to know um, how to volunteer? You want to be water baptized? Check that too. I'd like a call from a prayer partner. Put a check on there. And then in just a moment, when we dismiss, I'm going to have you go over to this area right over here where Pastor Carolyn Gray is going to be and Marcelina is going to be right over there. They're going to go ahead and go over there because if you're here even for the first time, we have a special gift for you and we want to bless you with that special gift. So if you'll just um, step right over to the VIP Welcome Center, which is to your right, it's to my left. If you'll just go right over there after service, this is what you're going to do. You prayed the prayer of salvation. You want to receive Christ. You're going to take the card over to these beautiful ladies. They're going to receive the card from you, and they're going to give you a special gift. And not only are they going to give you a special gift, but they have a a little information packet that shows you what the road map is to um to to growing in christ we got to get this information in your hands because you need to know what your next steps are in christ to be successful as a as a a child of god amen and as a believer in the kingdom of god so nobody gets to sneak into heaven you got to let somebody know he said if you'll if you'll um confess me before men i'll confess you before my father if you deny me before men i'll deny you before my father so this is our chance to confess him amen all right well it's offering time all right 
Let's get ready for the offering. This is our time in our service where we give our tithes and our offerings. We have the offering envelope available for you to use, or you can use our Acceleration Church app. You can just download the Acceleration Church app, or quickly you can do it this way. Just text 779, well, to the number, text Acceleration to 77977. Um, Can't you also text XLR8? No, that just puts you on the prayer call list, right? Okay, yeah. So, um, yeah, so just text Acceleration to 77977, and uh, it'll send you the information to give on your phone um, right from your seat on your cell phone. So you haven't downloaded the Acceleration app. You want to go ahead and do that. Um, It's a great way to give, really easy to give on the app, and uh, it's wonderful. So, you know, through the summer, you know, a lot of times we go on vacation. You know, that doesn't mean that we don't pay our tithes. Because our tithe is not based on like you go into a restaurant and you pay when you get through eating. That's not what it's like. If your tithes and offerings, that's a covenant between you and God. Amen. So the tithe is the tenth part of our increase right through the summer. You've got to keep tithing. 